listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza, and I totally know that it's really easy to get lost on the creative journey. That's why this show exists, to help you get back on the path to unlocking your creative potential. Let's get into today's episode. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, antijpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. Today on the show, we got my friend and inspiration, Tad Carpenter. I love this guy. Tad is somebody who, when I was first starting out, he was like a creative hero of mine. I sent some messages like, can you answer these basic questions about having a creative practice? And he was so kind and generous with his enthusiasm and wisdom. And I was lucky enough over the years, we spoke at a bunch of conferences together and we become good friends. And I love this conversation because we're going to dive into Tad's project, Sunday Suns. And it's all kind of about how when your passion turns into your career or when it turns into your habit and all of a sudden you're under deadlines and you're under pressure. How do you find that purity, that that creative play where you're really coming up with fresh connections and you find and remember what you loved about this thing back in the day before it became work. And so we talk about that. We talk shop. It was cathartic. It was insightful. I got some cool little takeaways on things to try. I just also had a great time catching up with a good friend of mine who is super inspiring. Go check out his new book. It's a whole package of all these Sunday Suns. Every 
Sunday for like five years, he's been waking up early and making a piece of designer illustration inspired by the sun, the sunshine. And it's just this huge creative smorgasbord, smorgasbord of uh, creative inspiration. Go sun, go to sunday-suns.com and you can buy the new book, which is gorgeous. Put it on your coffee table, get some sunshine shining all the way through winter. It's, you flip through that thing and you're going to feel stoked to go make stuff. It's just jam full with all kinds of stuff and the printing and the whole thing. It smells delicious. Go check it out. Go check out the project sunday-suns.com and enjoy this lovely chat that I had with my good buddy, Tad Carpenter. I wanted to just start because it's been so long just with, you know, what are you excited about now? For me personally, and I think I know we have a lot in common in terms yeah. of like getting pumped about what we're doing. That evolves over time, but I always have to find something that's getting me to the studio. What yeah. What is keeping you? What's the cutting edge excitement for you Uh-oh. in your practice? Cutting, well, for we have like tons of projects I'm always very excited about, you know? I mean, a lot of things like outside of design I, that are like getting me through the world we all live in yeah. right now, you know, yeah. like it's like uh, video games. That's for you know, me. I, I wish <laughs> I, I feel like so lame that I have not played a video game. And I can't remember the last time. Yeah. And I need, I feel like it would be, it, it sounds like very therapeutic to me, like to be able to just like shut this part down and you're just like reacting to things. Like I yeah. totally get it. I I don't think I've ever got it as much as I've got it of like of late, but like the studio, we're, I mean, I'm so excited. We've been shop talk. We're, do, we're designing five. It's a five book series. It's almost like a, almost like a textbook for middle school students. And Ooh, um, cool. it's cool. It's just like a beyond crazy animal because it's, it's five books. They're 500 pages each. And each book has over 200 illustrations. So oh <laughs> it's a thousand illustrations. What? And five and, you know, 2,500 pages of content to design. So our studio has definitely been like, it almost feels like a full-time gig during our full-time gig that we're like constantly trying to balance. But it's been like a wonderful little like challenge and dance and like we've brought in people to help us, which has been like a really fun experience to engage with like former students of mine that I'm like, oh man, they're doing amazing work. I bet you they could help us execute X, Y, and Z, you know? And like, yeah. I've really enjoyed that. Communication's been so hard and strange during these last 18 months. This has been like a cool way to like, I haven't talked to you in so long. A, I want to hear what you're doing. B, I absolutely love what you have become since you were a student of mine five years ago, seven years ago, whatever. You should hop on a project with me. And that's been super cool. Like that's been really, really fun. That's really interesting. Uh, there's a few things there. I'm wondering, I know you're a sports guy, so I feel like part of, it sounds like when you say a thousand illustrations, it sounds like you're self-punishing enough to be like, that's part of what's pumping you up. You're like, let's do this. We're like 587. Is that part of it? Or like what, what part of the, what part of the creation process? Cause I feel like there's times when maybe I'm not even aware of it until it's I'm in the groove and then I'm like, oh, I'm in the groove. This is what I like doing. What, what is it for you? 
Well, I'm, I am, uh, if my greatest skill is absolutely just punishing the shit out of myself, like a hundred percent, like if, 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 if I could be endorsed for anything on LinkedIn, like that's the one right there, you know, dude is a masochist when it comes to like, just absolutely killing himself. Right. Yeah. But it's like any project any of us take on it's small bites. It's just a hundred percent small bites. So we start with one book and it's like, oh, 200 illustrations. That's not that bad. You know what I mean? And I'm so thankful to, to have an amazing studio of people where we can, we can deliberately share in that, in that giant number. So 200 now becomes, oh, I'm only really responsible for like 54 maybe, you know, or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. And then it's all of a sudden you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. But now we're like, you know, we're like two years into this project in some form or fashion. And I'm just like, I can't wait to kick this freaking baby out of the bath like so yeah. badly you know and like i can see the finish line it's like right there that i'm just like just crawling to the finish but like you the act of making the act of actually like kind of turning your brain off in a way yeah. and focusing on this task that i need to achieve and like actually physically using my hands and making this thing that is by far my favorite part of any creative project. I do love strategy. I do love the creative thinking and, and, and conceptualizing design and, and illustration. But man, when we actually get to start to like make what we're supposed to be making, that's just like, it, that's as close to, like this is cheesy, that's as close to like kind of flying as we're ever gonna get, yeah. you know what I mean? That's the it's habit, like, that's the, that's you get it, in man. that sweet spot of, you know, just you all of a sudden, and the funny thing is I forget almost when you're not in it, you can't remember the peace that comes over you. You're nope. just like, oh, this is just doing it. It's almost, it feels like when you're coloring in a coloring book as a kid. That, that's, that's what it feels 100%, like. 100%, man. Um, yeah. What do you do? Are you listening to music in that time? What are you doing like that? I I go back and forth between music and lately. Crime podcasts. I, I do like podcasts. So <laughs> it's, I go to a lot of podcasts because sometimes the music doesn't shut my brain down enough. I and agree, then I'm yeah. like, and then I'll be listening to music and all of a sudden I start thinking about, you know, Chris Christopherson and I'm like, yeah. he's still alive. Yeah. Wait, what year did he publish that? No, what? <laughs> and then it, like four hours goes by and I've been researching this dude's discography yeah. or something, you know, and I'm like, why did I do that? So 80%, I feel like of design and illustration is just straight up digging ditches. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yes. the idea has been chosen, but the concept has kind of been approved. Hey, guess what? Go freaking do it. Right. So yeah. while I'm digging ditches, sometimes I have to have some sort of narrative in between my ears just to help me to keep digging, you know, because if I, if I sit in silence or I just listen to lovely little jams, my brain starts sending me over to, to A and B and C and Z and, you know, and ah, that's not it. I've gotten into yeah. weird podcasts this last year and that's a half. That's what I figured. And, I think that's how it goes. Oh, but, I was, I've listened to some paranormal stuff, that kind of, that kind of jam. Yeah. I get dude, real lost I, in I it. I hate to, I could tell, I feel like for me, podcast is like this weird drug. Yeah. Cool. How cute. <laughs> I started in crime podcast. That's yeah, so sweet. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have elevated to crazy supernatural, like mind bending stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to a point where I've, I've had to like, kind of like, I got pumped the brakes a little bit. Here. I've done the same thing. I've like got into weird, what like cults podcasts. I'm like six episodes in. I'm like, dude, this is like, yeah, working. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, oh, this is like seeping into my everyday and my whole oh my. brain is getting deranged. Yeah. I've had 100%. to do percent. Yeah. 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 I, I, I can't talk about, you know, you know, time theory and stuff at dinner table anymore. And like weird, you know, freaking <laughs> yeah. loopholes and like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gotten, yeah. it's gotten a little too much, but yeah, no, hundred percent. That's where I've, I've been going of late. And I, I feel like it, it's super scary stuff. I feel like, cause like, it's like yeah. super heavy. 
yeah. but in like a <laughs> weird way, it's like, it's nice in, 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 you know, in like in, compared to where we're all living right now, which is like this really real heavy, like kind of stuff that you didn't talk about these like things. You're like, that can't really be real. Can yeah. it? And maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but like, there's something escapism about it. There's you a know? therapeutic cathartic processing too of, I think that's why it seems like horror movies are kind of on the cutting edge of culture mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm too scared, I'm still too scared of that. But <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are finding a lot of catharsis in like processing all of the fear that's in them through like, you know, experiencing that stuff. No, um, I think you're right. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, wait, you, so do no you do no horror movies. You do no horror movies. I don't do pretty much, pretty yeah. much no horror movies. I did when I was a teenager. So I grew up, you know, watching everything everyone else yeah. did. But at some point, it just, I think it was having kids really like just started to be like, I just don't want, I don't want this. I don't, I already have, cause I, I have this like very vivid imagination. And you know, if we're like g- going up at the empire state building, my brain is just like playing these scenarios and I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I have horror films in my head already. I don't need to put I, yep. any more in there. I think that's <laughs> why I, I pivoted away from like crime podcast too. Cause I'm like, Oh, wait a second. Like now I have this little amazing, perfect little creature in here that I'm like trying to protect all the time, you know? Yes. I feel like as a parent now, it's like, it's like, oh, I don't sleep. I just like worry with my eyes closed now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I don't need extra fodder for that. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we never talked about, because so, I couldn't think of what the answer would be for this. I have some ideas, mm-hmm. but I like to start, you know, uh, with a, uh, there's a lot of podcasts they'll start with, how did you know that you had a talent for doing, you know, whatever it is, you, you hear that a lot. And I'm, and I always am more interested in when you got a taste for something, like mm-hmm. when you found a design or an illustration that made you want to be an illustrator mm-hmm. in the vein of like what you're doing now. Gotcha. And, you know, you just came out with this new gorgeous book. I've got it right here. Sunday Suns. Oh, I am what? honored. You have a copy Look at of it. it? Oh yeah. My well, we have a copy in the studio. Oh. Um, oh. But what was the stuff that kind of hooked you into this kind of design mm-hmm. illustration? Maybe a particular thing. Yeah. And like, how did it grab you? Like, and I, I feel like you and I have had conversations in the past and like, my situation's a little different than, than some in that, like, I, I grew up as, you know, having a dad who is an illustrator, an art director, and I, I'm not kidding. The longest time as a, as a dumb little kid, I just kind of thought everybody was creative, yeah. you know? And yeah. to be honest, like, I kind of still feel that way. I think for whatever reason, as a lot of us get older, we abandon that because someone didn't nurture it or maybe someone said it was silly or someone didn't put value on it, but like growing up around a dad who was incredibly creative and still to this day, I think the best artist I've ever met. I just thought all of his friends were artists. Like all the people he's around were stylists and photographers and like whatever that I was like, oh, cool. That's what I'll probably do. Yeah. Now his, the, the work he did and, and some of the people that I knew as a child do different types of things than, that I do. But I do remember my father introducing me to very specific types of people like all across the board, you know, like he was a huge, like Mad Magazine, like mm. kind of guy, you know, mm. he's a, he's a byproduct of the 1950s. So like very much like Al Jaffe and Paul Coker and like, like very just, I mean, the greatest cartoonist ever to live. So like that, those were very much his jam. But then I remember him starting to show me people like 
Dick Bruna and the Provinsons and uh, like Gerard and like people like that, that were people that he looked at when he was young, you know, in the 60s and things like that. And I remember all of a sudden being like, whoa. So like, that's also part of the world that you live in. That's very different than what you do, but holy cow, like I, I need to, I need to taste some of that, you know, mm -hmm. like what, what, what is that, you know? And I mean, I think we all owe our parents for one way or another who we are. And I owe him so much because of the things he introduced me to the, in the variety, him understanding that just cause something's my jam might not be your jam, but guess what? There's all kinds of flavors of jam. Check out this one over here. And then all of a sudden really kind of understanding that. I don't think I made the connection of like what truly graphic design was for quite a while. To me, it was just kind of like art, you know, like I was just like creating stuff and loving it. And then to understand what art and commerce, I think came a little later, but like those, I, I can remember him introducing people like that to me and me getting really excited at just aesthetically what they were doing. I didn't know yeah. what they were doing, but I was like, I was super into that. Do you remember a particular image early in your career even, or early in that process where it just hit you and you were just pouring over it and you're like, man, like this is, there's something about this that is my taste. Do you remember any particular thing that kind of just oh, <laughs> hit you like bricks? I'm trying to think, like, I, I mean. It's so hard to call like one. Sure. Um, I'm sure there's plenty. There's like so many, I mean, and especially from that kind of era of people, right? Yeah. But like for me, gosh, I'm trying to think like, I, I really love Tom Eckersley. And like, I can remember really looking over, he did like these series of posters. They were like of Hollywood starlets. And I, I think, I don't think he did these that long ago, like late in his career, like the late eighties maybe or something like that. And I remember looking at him and like really not understanding how he created them because they're so simple, but like my brain registered exactly who they all were. And like, I remember being like, wow, like he's only using shapes. And like this dude just like straight up hit a whole run from a visual communication standpoint, like just like 100% like communicating it. And I remember just being fascinated by, by that. And the more I researched him, I remember then just finding out how diverse of a career he had and how he dabbled in lots of things. And to me, that's always been really interesting because I feel like there's a big trend in our industry of like, you have to be a specialist. Like you, you have to like, Hey, that's awesome that you love brand design, but you really need to only do soda cans produced on Tuesday brand design or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, I'm like, I'm like so over shit like that. I'm just like, I'm like, guess what, man? I, yes, I love branding and that's primarily what we do, but I love illustration. I love picture books. I love, I love book design. I love, you know, I love all these different things and seeing people that had a career doing diverse things, poster design, like all kinds of, you know, it's like, it's like that to me just made me feel a little bit at home knowing that I don't have to pick one thing. Like yeah. that's, what's beautiful. I don't have to pick one thing. Cause I think that puts a lot of pressure on all of us to be like, 
well, what basket do I put my eggs in? I don't know. This one looks nice, but oh God, that one's beautiful. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, I, that's, that's just not a realistic, you don't have to do that. You I know? think for a lot of creative people too, it's just boring to imagine like, I'm going to show 100%. up every day and work on the same type of thing. For me, oh that gosh. is one of the things that keeps me alive is knowing like, oh, I record a podcast sometimes on this day and then I make piece of art and then I do an editorial thing and then I do, and I'm just always in and out. And they, and it does give you the other thing, just like you said, of like the eggs in the basket thing. I find that the secret sauce of that for me is it keeps me loose because I, none of these things have to be everything. So yep. I can show up, yep. I can show up and play. I don't have to put my entire identity on the fact that I do this thing and I do it well. And that is like kryptonite to finding the play because yep. you're making it work. You're making it, it has to pay off. And uh, anytime I find myself going, my brain, if I start going in that kind of compartment of my left brain, where it's like, this has to be it, I can tell like, oh, well, there's no creativity that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Nothing ruins joy like pressure. You know yes. what I mean? Yes, and absolutely. It's like, it's, it's like the most simple, most mundane mantra, but it's just like, all of us are going to do our best work when we're having fun. Like that's just like as simple as it can come. So when you start bringing in these outside forces of pressure and, you know, in time and finances and like all these things, you're stripping every bit of joy out of what you love to do and have learned to love to do over your lifetime probably. And that's just awful. And, and somehow you have to find practices to get used to embracing joy or embracing play because inevitably when you play, you're going to do way better work, you know? Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's finding a way to, to bring that discipline into your, into your practice in some way. And it's and, weird because the discipline is how can you make it a discipline to waste time in a way you have yep. to, you know, you have to create, and it's such a weird thing being a professional time waster in a mm -hmm. way. Cause you got to figure out how, how do I, how do I mess around? How do I do stuff where the end is the means the end is I had fun doing that because mm -hmm. that always produces the best end. Yep. And that's a always. very hard thing to navigate as a professional who has bills to pay people to answer to X, Y, and Z. And it sounds like I mean, this is a great segue straight into the book, Sunday Suns, because that seemed like such a container, this project you've been doing since 2015, mm -hmm. uh, for putting the play back into your practice. Can you tell us a little bit about the project and the book? Yeah, sure. Like, like to me, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there in regards to like, it was like, there were several facets on why I needed to do this at that time, but like finding a way to inject play into my life and inject eventually inject play into my work was something I desperately needed. And like, for me, I'm a huge believer that we are what we repeatedly do. Like that's who we are. We are what we repeatedly do and finding a way to discipline yourself and create some very simple structures and rules for yourself, I think are, are first and foremost, what you have to do when you create anything that there's nobody really telling you have to do it or not do it, you know? And for me with this project, Sunday Suns, it was, I mean, it's as simple and silly as it sounds. It was, I, I literally started designing a sun every Sunday back in two, 2015. Um, it's now been six and a half years and I'm still doing it somehow. And I needed to find a way to inject play into my work. I also like, frankly, was like, was kind of down. And like, I, I definitely am not immune to someone 
who have tends to have some kind of depressive tendencies. And like, to me, work and, and making something and art has always been an incredibly therapeutic act, whether that's for a client or that's for myself. Like there's always been something very therapeutic and satisfying. And it's a good day when I get to make something. So finding a day or finding a way that I could make something for me and no one else and practice my craft, inject play into my life and, and honestly bring some more discipline into who I am as a person. I think were all things I was trying to achieve in just this very simple little creative project. And it's done that. Like it, it's, it's made me incredibly happy and it's, it's brought me all kinds of things I never would expect it. And I think that's, what's amazing about our profession is the great unknown. You know, you make these little things and you then send them off into the world and keep your fingers crossed, you know, that the little, you know, the little bird you're kicking out of the nest is going to sing the lovely songs for everyone and, and not, you know, just shit all over your car from 5,000 feet, you know, like, <laughs> which like, some of them do, you know, some of them do. Come on. And like you and I've talked about that. You're absolutely right. It's like, like my sons are a great example. I've done 300 and some of them. They are not all good. Yeah. They're not all good. Some now, of them- I'm not agreeing with you. That, well, I, that, you, that timed, yeah, yeah was yeah, very yeah. unfortunate. Uh-huh, uh-huh, like yeah, some right. of Mark uh-huh. and I'm like, you can say that again. You can no, say that they're, again. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Have this you bo- seen this book is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> the book is gorgeous. It, that, yeah, honestly, that, you've but... kept up. You have you have kept up the quality, and it's very impressive. I just have to highlight that that yeah was poorly timed, but I'm sure this you guy, appreciate this it. guy. <laughs> no, but no, you're right. I mean, it's like it, it, it's a bottom line. That's what I had to try to my tell myself while I was doing this is like I'm allotting myself one or two hours, maybe three. Some of the bigger ones took longer, of course, but like it's not about the end result on these. It's about me just exploring and playing, having fun, and at the end of the day, like I I I identified that making something makes me feel a certain way. So why in the world would I not find excuses to do that more often, you know? And, yeah. and that's what I needed to do in my life. It's, it's as much, of, it's as much a therapy as it is anything really, you know? And yeah. it, and it, what's fun about it is I get to go back and look back now on these, like this catalog of years, basically, is it's become this like very strange journal for me in that most people probably would know, but like I can look through them and all of a sudden I'm transported to how I felt the day I made that or what happened days leading up to a certain song or, you know, oh, I took this photograph at the hospital the, you know, the, the day after my son was born, I, after I made, you it made really, that son. I'm sure my, you've done this a few times. Oh, right? made on. two sons and one Sunday. No, yeah, yeah. no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, exactly. Like there's something really kind of wonderful about, about, I mean, I think any of our work, we can kind of like transport emotions to, and like, I mean, we, you know, and, and I think this project's very much that, that I can kind of remember these certain things. Yeah, I and I totally relate having done episode art for a, a bunch of years. I love <laughs> yes. I I very frequently will go back through and just look at them as a means of traveling back through time in the same way that you would a, a yep. diary or journal. Yep. And there is something just very 
satisfying is probably the best word. There's something satisfying of just continuing to put a brick in that wall every week and just being like, yeah, I remember that brick. Remember when I put that one in there and what was mm-hmm. going on? And it's, it's a, it is kind of a mindfulness practice of being like every single week that I'm mindful of that week passing. One thing I, there's, I mean, there's 80 things that I want to pull out of there. The first one going all the way back to when you said we are what we repeatedly do. Mm-hmm. I love this because one of the things we talk about on the show a lot is, you know, I've got into this habit habit but uh before I launched my last Kickstarter where I was like creating book proposals and what ended up happening was I was a book proposal maker I wasn't a book maker I wasn't a writer I was I was a book proposal maker and I kept feeling like I'm proposing the idea of the uh, of doing something creative. I'm waiting to, for someone else to do that. And I think this thing of a discipline and a habit, like if you write every week, then you're a writer. Mm-hmm. And so what is it you want to do? Make that a habit. You know, a lot, we joke about sports on the show because I I'm terrible at sports and it's a big, you know, wound from me. I come from a sports family and all that, but with no, no humor at whatsoever, I know that your background in sports mm-hmm. and that idea of discipline and showing up every day and just watching that compounding interest happen must be a part of your positive relationship with discipline because creative people, when it comes to habits or discipline or not just going with the your, what you feel like doing, it's a huge challenge. What do you say to that to somebody that's just like has never been able to make creativity, a discipline or a habit. You're right. I think athletics probably do play some small role in like how my mind is wired in regards to that. Like my entire life I played sports and I knew that, oh, I'm not successful yet because this is day one or, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, in fifth grade or whatever, you know, I'm not where I want to be, but I know because I can see those other people that if I keep chiseling away today and tomorrow and the next day, that eventually I will be there. That's, that's just simple math, you know, from a guy that doesn't know math, you know? And so you're a hundred percent like that. That's exactly how I approach it. I mean, you like in athletics, there's physical evidence of like how discipline works. Yeah. You can see like, there's some guy that, you know, was 23 years old and he's skinny out of, out of nowhere. And then in a couple of years, the dude is just absolutely the epitome of his sport and, you know, uh, look, just looks like a Greek God. And that is, that is discipline. That is 100% discipline to the craft of whatever it is he's trying to do or she is trying to do. And, and to me, you apply that to design and it's like you, I think the hardest part for young designers, because I remember going through this, I remember when all of a sudden I could identify good design and thinking that was really cool and being like, I could identify good design, but I couldn't design good design yet. You know, I had no idea how to get there. And to me, it was, I needed more practice and practice is just a form of discipline and finding ways that you can find time to practice. And this world is very busy and we're all incredibly busy with, with my little project I knew I've seen people done do the, you know, the 36 days of type or the, you know, what there's, there's a million of these little, these little exercises for think are fantastic. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do something every day. There's absolutely no way I can, I can find time every day. But for me, I tried to carve out, can I, can I find one hour a week to practice? You know, can I find one hour a week to practice the thing that I say I love? 
doing more than anything? The answer should be yes. You know, you can find that one hour a week or two hours a week to just explore, just to play. What is it you want to do? You know? And for me, especially with our studio, like I, I love creating marks and icons and logos and things like that. And like, if there's a week where I, I didn't get to do much of that this week, it's okay. I have my two hours or my one hour, my three hours on Sunday where I can scratch that itch and I can try a couple new things that I've been wanting to try. And the, there's not a, you don't have to worry about failure. It's not a big deal. There's nobody going to be judging it. It's for you. And it's something incredibly liberating about that, you know? And uh, I, I think that we have to, we have to understand that perfection doesn't exist. So you have to stop trying to, trying to achieve it all the time, you know? We're all professional designers. We want things to look wonderful and perfect and whatever, but, but let go of that. You know, I mean, you're, you and your work are great examples. Like, gosh, you're so good at irregular lines and then just the painterly transparencies and like all that. You're so good at making things look spontaneous, you know? When I know they're not, yeah. no, <laughs> you know? they are not. You know what? I had a guest uh, stay with me from overseas a few mm-hmm. years back for a conference, and he was watching me create one of the episode art pieces. And he was—that was kind of what he was remarking on of little ways that I'd erase the edge, or you know, all these like micro decisions. He's like, I would never have thought that you did that on purpose. And I was like, Yeah, that's <laughs> there's a you know a kind of an obsessive. you know, tasting as you're going thing where you're like, there's some, I don't know if I just did that, that would feel better. One thing, you know, talking about the time element of giving yourself an hour, two hours, I feel like sometimes it's counterintuitive, but how did that actually help you make stuff? It's definitely helped more than it's heard. But for me, I want to get into a place where I can kind of let go a little bit and be okay with that. Not by any means, like not doing my best work or not, not paying attention to details, but how can I work faster? You know, and, and how we get better at anything is again, this is going back on the practice thing. And like, is there a way that I can design and design something quickly that again, will start to seep into my regular practice? You know, that's what, that's what you want to happen. It is. Oh, and I'm so sorry. This is a sports analogy, but like when you see <laughs> baseball players on, um, in the batter's box before they go up to bat, they're swinging the bat. And at the end of the bat, there's a weight to make the bat heavier. That is so that when they get up there to crush the ball, it feels like they're just holding a feather and they're just going to whack it out of the park. You know, it's the same thing. It's if I'm practicing on my own, I got the weight on and it, there's no pressure. I'm just swinging it and swinging it. But then when I get up there and the, and, and the lights are on, shit just feels a little easier. Yeah. You know? It just it reminds me easier. of actors that'll stay in character between takes. Totally. Like the, how do you, I'm always telling people that, you know, I'm very into how actors prime themselves by like watching a scene or listening to a song or whatever it is. How do you get yourself into that state? It's just warming up. And I it love is. the, I actually love the bat analogy. It's really, it makes a ton of sense. And actually I would say in the same way with your personal work that most of my favorite client projects, the seeds of those ideas came from personal work when there was yep. no pressure yep. and that, and I was, you know, the, I was doing the heavy bat thing. And then once I'm in actually the pressures on, I'm like, well, there is no pressure. Cause I have a bat catalog of stuff that I can pull from and work from. And it, it just keep, gets you into that zone. 
you're building, there's nothing wrong with building a library of assets for yourself so that when you, when you do get into a place where you're like, wow, this is a fast turnaround or this is, you know, what, you know, you hit a stumbling block, whatever you have, you know, you have, you have something to fall back on and there's something incredibly comforting about that. At the same time, like doing this, this project for myself, there's been countless times where a new client or existing client references something from that and says, that's, that's kind of where we need to move. A handful of years ago, we we rebranded a brewery and they were trying to figure, or we were part of a team that rebranded a brewery and, and they were trying to figure out like, what's the visual language on all their packaging, you know, like, is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? And, and in the end, they saw one of my sons and they said, that is 100% the vibe, the, 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 the weight to it. The way you're using line work, the way you're doing it, that's exactly where we need to take this entire rebrand. And that I owe that project to this, yeah. this exercise I created, you know, yeah. and the weight of it and the value of it is, is almost hard to, to, to completely wrap your arms around sometimes. Yeah, it's like know? a huge menu that you're creating yep. and, mm-hmm. and you can pull from. The other thing I think is really interesting about that time constraint element is, you know, for, I don't know about you, but for me, I can get self-sabotage in my overthinking of it's gotta be clever. It's gotta be, you know, it's got, how do I, you know, and when you're doing that, what you're doing is you're pushing yourself. And when you're pushing yourself, you're usually leaning into your weaknesses. Yeah. And I've thought about like, you know, talking with musician friends of like, what would it look like if you wrote a song in two hours? What would you do? You'd go straight to your strengths. You'd go to yeah. all your tricks because you're like, okay, I don't have time to mess around and think about all of the ways that I suck. And I really need this one to be better than anything I've ever made. Cause it's got to make up for all the crap. Did you find yourself going straight to how, what do I know I can do? Like 100%. some, some weeks when you were 100%. like, all right, I'm doing this again. Yeah. I mean, I'd be lying if there wasn't like weeks and by weeks, I mean a lot of weeks yeah. where I'm like, where I kind of have a little bit of an oh shit moment where I'm like, Oh, I have to do that again right now. Like, what can I do quickly? You know? Oh, I know I can do this pretty quick. You know what I mean? Or like, I can kind of, you know, if, uh, there's nothing wrong with leaning on your strengths or trying to improve on your strengths. You know? In fact, I feel like sometimes my best work comes when I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. When I'm just like, oh, I know I can do this thing. And I just phone that in. And sometimes I'm like, that's better than anything I've made this year, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause I'm yeah. not, I'm trying, you know, I'm just letting myself be. Um, you have yeah. to, and this is something I'm trying to get better at. And I'm, I'm fascinated by like, as human beings, our fascination with um, like identity, like just yeah. identity in general and yeah. like being willing to let go of what you think your identity is, you know? Yes. To your point, lean into those strengths and like, sure. and a hundred percent take advantage of what it is, you know, you're good at, like, that's probably why you're on a project or, or, you know, whatever, or who you are. However, yeah, they're not thinking like, let's give an opportunity, see if they can get the, get it right this time that, you know, exactly. Like, no, exactly. that's not what they're doing. No, yeah. no, they're not rolling that dice. No, absolutely no. not. But like, to me, it's like our fascination with who we think we are sometimes limits us from becoming something else or how we could grow into something much more than that. And to me, trying to constantly not like identify myself as X, Y, and Z so that I don't just eliminate all this other stuff is is something I'm constantly trying 
to do because I want, I love exploring and I love trying to make new things in a new way. And I want, there's constantly new industries that I want to try to work within. And I think if you just tell yourself, oh, no, 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 I only do lettering and I only do it in a very specific way. Well, you're always going to live in this little, this little box right here. And that might be 100% fine. But like weirdos like you and I, we get trapped a little bit. I think, again, this is a mental thing, I think. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I think you It totally is. And I love this, this kind of rumination on identity because I think that there is a, that, you know, I talk about how the, one of the biggest obstacles to a masterpiece is thinking that your trajectory, your journey has to be a masterpiece. Like the perfect, you know, we only put out 10 out of 10 albums. Like we, you know, every single one was like on point and trying to like curate your way to get there to this very particular identity. And I, and I think sometimes that weight just stops us from letting ourselves explore, fail, mess up. And, and, and I do think this kind of identity of what does it mean to be a good designer or a good illustrator or, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And I wondered if, cause I've had some experience with this too, this kind of ego death of wanting yeah. to be a part of something bigger. Was that, a, was that part of going from Tad Carpenter, the solo guy into creating the studio and all that? Did, was that 100%. a process? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, not to use a, a, generic quote but like there's there's the quote you know what is it like if you want to go fast go by yourself but if you want to go far go as a group you know and uh, I knew there were types of work that well multiple things well first and foremost my wife and I had been collaborating since we met when we were you know 22 23 years old in some way we'd been collaborating and dreaming of working together we knew one day that was going to be the case when that's always that was always the question mark and so we knew we wanted to do that, but we knew the type of work we wanted to do eventually is probably not something that you're going to do on your own, you know? And, and so, so growing our studio and, and uh, having a little bit more capabilities, having, having more hands on deck, it allowed us to just start to take on different types of work and start to take on, on the type of work that we always wanted to, you know? And, um, that's was super, super valuable, um, you know? Uh, you know, talking about, I, I think with that identity thing and understanding who you are, it, I think also sometimes as creatives, we can sit and wonder a little too much where sometimes I just need to wonder less and just start doing more. <laughs> and that, again, this, this practice is, is an exercise and you don't have to overthink it. Sometimes it is about just executing it. And, um, you know, I mean, having a team of people that I'm constantly collaborating with. Even this project, which is a, uh, uh, a project I have done, it is 100% based in collaboration. You know, um, there hasn't been a song I've done that my wife hasn't looked at and get, given me feedback on or helped me in some way or just given me the thumbs up. Like you're done. Can we go have our day now? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. um, you know, like that, that's in, that, the value to that is just is so, so much. And other people, you know, it's like I've made multiple sons with my mom. I've got to have friends collaborate in some way. Like there's screen printing and there's, you know, woodworking and there's all these other things that I knew very little about maybe, but I knew people that did and it allowed me an opportunity to collaborate with them. And 
that's the best work is normally a collaboration of people, not just some person, you know, in the race and churning stuff out, you know? So yeah. uh, it's really been helpful with that too. This is going to seem like a curveball, but I promise it's Ooh, not. Exciting. You ever watch any of those Steve Coogan, Rob Brydon, the trip movies? No, I haven't. Okay. Highly recommend. First I, of all, I got to write this down. It's yeah. A fate, it's a mockumentary in a way. Okay. But it's them playing themselves, but it's an exaggerated, kind of embarrassing view of themselves. But they go on these trips, and then it's just them talking and eating, right? Wait, I think I have seen one. Like, uh, okay. um, did they go to, like, Italy or— yeah. there's like, the yeah, trip to Italy as one that's of the them. That's the one yeah. I've seen. I've seen uh, that one, yeah. And I was watching the new one, that Trip to Greece, and I was— There's something about how mean they are to each other that it's like, this is essential. Like— and I wonder, I don't know if Jessica is mean to you, but for me, I think there was a a huge breakthrough when I met my wife in college. Mm-hmm. When I, I, I was doing a bunch of like typography, regular kind of design, and then I was doing illustration. I was dabbling in both things and and I was doing so poorly. And, she, and I presented her like two options for a project. One was like very designy. And she was just like, why are you doing that? That's not you. What are you doing? That's not you. And it was just this weird, like, and she, just like you said, every Sunday, showing your wife these things. There, I'll show my, I show Sophie my episode art every week. And sometimes she's like, yeah, that's it. You're done. Put, put it out there. That's great. Um, and then sometimes she's like, it's not it. That's, that's not, that's not, that's not going to fly. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. yeah. What's this part? This part. <laughs> you get that too? Like, I feel oh, yeah. like that's essential, even if you're not married to them. Finding those people. No, finding, you're right. Finding your group of people that you know is going to shoot it straight with you. And, you know, my my wife is such an amazing designer and her attention to detail is so greater than mine. And I value her opinion so, so much that, yes, she shoots very straight with her. And we've gotten to a point where we are so dependent on one another that I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't, how do I design without her? four feet away from me. Like yeah. literally she's just on the other side of the computer yeah. and I can, I, I'm just so used to designing with the top of her head, like right there, you know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah, you, you, I, I, and like you said, it doesn't have to be a spouse. Like there's so many people I know that have, you know, creative partners and, um, you know, business partners and all kinds that it's like God, finding people because this can be very lonely. Like, you know, I talked earlier about just digging ditches, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you have to have people that you can bounce things off of because when you're on hour 18 or something on something, you're like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm looking at anymore, man. Yes. Like, is this what it's supposed to be? You know? And it's like yeah, that somebody that you can send a screenshot to or send a, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be someone that's right next to you. Cause I, I, I have buddies like that sometimes True. too, that, that we would just send stuff. I remember we had an email chain, a, a bunch of uh, design buddies where we would just send logos every once in a while that we're working on. And she'd be like, I How really you like never send this. me screenshots, man. Send me some screenshots. I want to look at them. You're on there. Do you just okay. throw us in the junk pile or what, man? <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot how she years Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but, and I also, I find that her voice is in my head. If I think, you know what, I'll find this little bit in because that doesn't matter. I'm like, no, I know I'm going to show it to her. And she'll be like, redo that hand. It looks ridiculous. Yep. And so I, ha- I have that too, just like built in. There's just like weird saying that when I can impress her with the design, I just get like super tingly inside and happy. You know what I mean? If I can impress her, I know I'm golden. You know, it's like when I show her something and she's like, oh, that looks great. That looks great. Like, you know, I'm like, you know, like that's good. It's the other side of the coin that you're like, man, I'm not even close, am I? You know, Um, 
but there's some that audience like, designing for the audience of one is very clarifying. Very you know? clarifying, and it's like I know she's way smarter than I am, and I know she knows what objectively I'm trying to achieve. If that's a client, that's a son, that's a whatever. I love that. Like I can kind of speak to her and get her objectives about things. And I mean, I do that for her as well. Um, but she's normally just way better than me and doesn't need my opinion. No, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so, so helpful. And it is, it's weird. Like we've been together for a very long time and that I still am like constantly trying to impress her. Maybe that's yeah. like, again, teeing off what you said earlier, like super dad vibes. It's like the dorky dad, like still trying to like impress mom, you know what I yeah, mean? Kind of like, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. funny. And also I find that there's this other opposite end of the spectrum for me. I don't know if you have this where there's sometimes when I hit my taste exactly, mm-hmm. it's clarifying to be like, I know she's not going to like this, but I know that it's mine. Like I'm willing to fight for this because mm-hmm. I just know that I hit it. Yeah. Well, you have that? Oh, a hundred percent. And I can see it on her face too sometimes, you know, where I'm like, I'm like, okay, hear me out here. This is what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Normally it's like, it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get that. I get that. It's fine. You know, but also like, I, I'm so thankful that, I mean, I think I would personally have a hard time being married to someone that wasn't also creative. Cause I me love too. that. Like, she gets the process. She understands we can talk about these things. And like, she understands that part of it too, that just because it's not for her doesn't mean it's not successful. And and that's the, that's the part I wish our industry would get better at because it's somehow gotten worse. And I think it's just internet culture is that if all of a sudden a design doesn't speak to you, it's bad. Like, oh, oh, I don't like that. So that is just horrible. I hate this. Let me tell you all about it. Click, 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 click. No, because something's not your taste doesn't mean it's not successful. You know what I mean? And that's something we have to figure out a way to get better at is since understanding that, that not everything's for you and that's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's exactly. And I do think this close relationship, be it, you know, the trip where they're just saying nasty things or, Mm -hmm. you know, your relationship with creative partner and you're, you are calibrating, you know, like, oh, I know how to make something that they're going to like. And then, you know, when you've stumbled upon something where you're like, they're not going to like it, but this is so my taste. I think about this story all the time. Gene Wilder Mm -hmm. was on Conan O'Brien talking about working on Frankenstein with Mel Brooks. And, and he, there was a part in that movie where Mel Brooks was like, I don't know about this thing. And he was like, if this isn't in it, I'm out. And then he's like, okay. And he's like, He's like, dude, I'm sorry. I came on so strong. I just really believe in it. And Mel Brooks was like, yeah, I didn't even know whether I didn't like it. I just wanted to see if you were sure about it enough to fight for it. Wow. And I thought, I feel that sometimes with, with Sophie. Like there's certain little things where I'm like, I know she's not going to like this weird, like taste thing that I'm doing, but. I just that makes me think like, dude, I wonder if clients do that where they're like, I don't know where I'm at, but I'm going to see where I can. How far can I, can I push these people to see like, if, what are they really going to go to bat for? You know? Cause then that's what I'm going to choose, you know? Cause I, I feel like, I mean, which they shouldn't like clients should 100% trust our recommendation. <laughs> right. But like, sometimes I think they come into the, in, into the meeting and like, they're like, I, these all kind of look good, you know, or whatever. Like, tell me what one I should go with. I can see like, that's kind of an interesting strategy of just being like, Let's let's push them in the wrong way to see if they'll fight for the right way. And, uh, you know, hey. I think it's a a good exercise too. And just like, as that's happening, trusting yourself on 
There are things where I'm like, I liked it, but I won't fight for it. Like, I, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. whether it's good or not. But then knowing like this solution, I'm willing to do what you just said, which is I will give you the thinking behind it. I'll give you why it's good. And yep. then you're like building your confidence and you're building the client's confidence in it. I th- yeah, I do. Th- I think you're onto something with, with that. I, I heard you say that you like to break up a goal into attainable goals. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Sure. I mean, the Suns Project's a great example in that it's, oh, well, first and foremost, I never expected it to become a like a collection or a book. Like that was, I mean, that is just like unbelievable gravy on top of something that was purely self-initiated and self-needed. If you were to tell me seven years ago that, hey, you're going to design 350 plus songs I would say I will absolutely not do that. There's no way in hell I will do that. I got too much going on, you know? But then you look at it like, oh, wow, you've done that every week. One at a time. One at a time. You know, digging ditches, man. It's digging ditches. And like, to me, I mean, I talked about this book project we're working on. Oh my gosh, a thousand freaking illustrations. But you get, you have to zoom out on that. I'm like, oh, there's five books. Okay, there's 200 books within that. Awesome. Okay, there's, there's how many of us, and then we can bring in some help of people that I very much trust. There's plenty of room for that. Oh, this is totally achievable. And we do a little bit at a time. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of days. I remember originally the client was like, so what, I'd love to know how this is working out. Are we going to get like three and a half done a day? Is that the goal? And then should we review those? And I'm like, that, 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 that. no, 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 no. Because there's going to be a week where I don't touch any of this. You know what I mean? But then there's a week I'm going to bang out like 20 of them, you know? So it's also understanding what you, what you can achieve and, and not getting out over your skis too much as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's really hard. I like big lofty goals. It, it's stupid, but it goes, it goes back to discipline again. If you're willing to, to lean in and discipline yourself, you can achieve giant things bit by bit, bit by bit, you know, discipline is, it's like one of those things that it, it's like similar to, you know, lame sports analogies, right? But like discipline is something that's like a muscle. <laughs> the more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. And then ine- inevitably it just becomes part of your life practice that you're like, oh, I want to achieve something. Okay. There's the end goal. Let's back it up. And then, oh, I see. That's kind of what it is, you know? So much of making a plan is just making a plan, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, done. I do think, you know, the, the, this time and space to make a plan is something a lot of creators don't do. That's something I built way more into my practice recently into my work day of like, I'm this, these two hours, like I'm, all I'm going to do is think and write notes. Oh, I'm not, that's it. That's all that's I'm amazing. doing there. That's the thing I've noticed and that's probably why like, in this 18 months, I think like you were talking really like mentally, why, why am I so up and why am I so down, which I'm finding, uh, it's increased of late over the last year and a half, which I don't think is, you know, ironic. I think there's a reason why that's been going on, but also to the point of what you just said, like, I don't at the moment have a ton of time to sit and think it's like, we have the new child, the newish child. I still call him the new baby and he's, you know, he's like two now. But like, it's, it's like, we, we're, we've figured this out. Time is limited. We have tons of, you know, we have client work. I, the, the sun is definitely the moment where I can sit and kind of zen out and like, kind of try to think. But to yeah. your point, the idea of sitting and writing and just kind of checking in with yourself, not just like from an emotional standpoint, but also just like creatively, like, where am I at? What do I want to be yeah. doing? 
I think that's so important to, to do. So you're not like we were talking about earlier, just like shouting into the ether uh, constantly, you know, and you've always been really good at that. And I'll just say one, I, when they get about five years old, all of a sudden your time frees up a lot. I'm say for me when I, yeah, I've got, I've got three. And when my youngest hit, when my last one hit five, it was just like, Oh, I, you have a kid and you're like, Oh my God, your life is just over your whole, you're consumed every second of every day. Um, and then when they get about five for me that it was like, okay, I can breathe. It's, they can do stuff. I don't have to be looking at them at every second. How what's what's the age range? Our youngest is I've five. I've got a thirteen, a, a nine, and a six now. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, oh man, whole, you got, you're a whole in gang. it. Gang, um, that really is. It is a whole gang. Uh, How is the thirteen year old done during this last? Uh, you know, I mean, I, honestly, this they're so resilient. Kids are resilient. They, yeah. they just put the mask on. Like, who cares? Like, they don't. It's like, yeah, master. That's mask, awesome, whatever, man. man. And they're just like rolling with it and. Honestly, the 13 year old, I was built to be, I look, I'm going to speak too early. We're going to speak another two years after another global, you know, catastrophe. And I'm going to be like, you remember when I said I was good with teens? Holy crap. Like, no, but I do think like the talking aspect, I like to talk. I like to talk about ideas, feelings. I've been, I've been, I've been loving this stage, honestly. That's great. (laughs) Dude, I I love, no, this is a dad podcast. Why don't we, should you and I start a dad podcast? I think so. Uh, I think we already did. Um, (laughs) Well, like to me, our our guy, he just turned two like last week and like, I'm trying to get him to wear a mask and it is just absolute fail city, man. Like just like there's no, he's reached this place too, where he doesn't even want to wear a hat. He wants nothing on his head. So he's just like, no, no way, man. No way. My son's a little bit more like that. Like sensitive to it. It took him a while to get into it, but now it is, it's not a huge deal. And part of it's like the right fabric, but the girls are like, whatever, man. It's another accessory. This is sweet. They're loving it. I think he just is like, I also think he's a little defiant. Like he, he at two, I can already tell like he has opinions about things. Like we pull out shirts for him and he's like, Nope. That's what he said. He looks at us like dead nope. in the eye. Nope. <laughs> he know, dude, like, that's he's got his own taste. That's a designer like in the it. making. We like it. Yeah. Oh, I, I hope See? not. I hope I know. Not, I think he's that too. I'm like, don't be a creator. Get me an accountant. You'll be so you'll, it's just so much simpler. Um, yeah, I to, I totally uh feel that way. Also, I just want to highlight that at some point you said unbelievably gravy. I think that's got to be the title of this, uh, this episode. This is unbelievable gravy. <laughs> I love that. Gravy uh, on top. A, a gravy on top. Now I will just say, going back to the goal thing, I, I love that idea of chunking it out. I just heard Chris Martin on Pete Holmes podcast and Pete Holmes was like, did you have plans to be Coldplay, Like with you right. and your bandmate from high school. Cause they knew each other back then. Like, were you like, we want to sell out arenas. And he was like, yeah, we did. We did. We did want to do that, but you can spend it. You spend a minute in there dreaming, wondering, like you said, we are like, yeah, that's awesome. And then you're like, come back to earth. And, and you're, and you do do a little bit of reverse engineering of like, to do that, we'd have to do this, to do that. We'd have to do this a hundred steps back. We just got to sell out that local bar. That's all we got to do. That's Let's first do step. that. Exactly. You're absolutely right. It, and it is. It's like, I, I feel like when you talk about like strategizing or setting goals, there's like this like weird ick factor that like kind of starts to get wrapped around. <laughs> Especially with like, creators and, and for a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of reasons because there are like, let's be honest, there's people out there that do a really 
like weird, especially in this world of like social media. You're like, oh boy, this just stinks, man. Like I can smell what this is, man. And like, but that's not at all. Like, it's just like internalizing and understanding like, hey, I would like to achieve these things. And it doesn't have to be like selling out arena goals. It's like, I, I mean, I can remember when I was young saying, I just want to illustrate one children's book. Like, that's all I'm asking for, man. Like, that's just the dream. That's the goal. How can I achieve that? And step one is how can I get my work seen in front of the editors and the people that make those decisions? Okay, how can I do that? And you identify that and you start taking those steps. And eventually the phone rings or the the, the ding in the email pops and you're off to the races. And one becomes two and two becomes four. And, you know, you, yeah. you kind of get moving. And it's, I, it's so, I mean, I think you look at anybody that's successful out there and you're like, how in the, I'm ne- I can never do that. But you also got to like, like you said, track it back track it back how did they get there they were at one point wanting to do this also and inevitably just started started kind of digging their ditch a little you know yeah and it kind of, it feels like to me you know this idea of saying i just want to do one kids book to me all that is doing it's not even a thing of like i have to force my life to become a certain way which i think there's a i think there's a uh, kind of you're kind of disobeying the creative nature of like you were talking earlier of like Let's see where this thing goes. Like, let's let's put throw these things out in the world and let the unknown come to us. Creatives, we love that. That we love the unexpected, love the surprising. Yep. And I get that, and I feel that. And I'm I I always want to make more space for that when I feel like I'm falling off the side of the too strategic thing. Yep. However, you know, the one kids book thing, what that ends up being, rather than like I'm going to force this reality, it just becomes a target to hit. And and what I found is, you know. If I feel like I'm getting weird in my episode art, one thing that had, has happened where, where I'm like, this is, what? why did I make that? I'll find like, oh, I didn't have a target. And one, one of the things that changed my podcast art was when I started making calendars every year. Because oh, yeah. then I was like, oh, that's a target. Like, what would look good in a calendar? Like, that's what I'm going for with episode art. And then sometimes it was like, you know, this is kind of an editorial. Or like, just anything, any constraint. That, that target can become something to leap off. And that feeling probably freed you up when making the episode art because you yes. knew you were going to be doing this calendar later on, which you can then, you can fill that void with that project. Again, yeah. this is all just forms of applying discipline to your practice in some way is yeah. you, 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 you're, you're, you're creating these different silos for yourself. And it's like crazy how important yeah. it is. That's like this, this book project is like, it, it seems like an exercise in creativity, which I guess it is, yeah. but holy hell, it seems like I'd exercise in discipline more than anything for me of just showing up. And like, I feel like half of, like maybe 75% of my career is just kind of showing up, you know what I mean? Like it's just sticking with it and, and showing up. It's like, man, it's amazing how much value it is for just, you know, kind of, kind of being there. 100%. I think that's totally true because you just got to get yourself to the gym. Yep. Do it. Just get your, that's most of the battles going to the gym. 100%. Once you're there, then, then you can, you're not going to just sit there. You're going to start being like, how can I make this a little bit better than last week? Because just to make it interesting. That, yeah. And then psh, once you have that commitment, that that's where it compounds. I, I completely agree. It's the lame analogy. They say, what is it like? You know, I remember I used to have a coach that used to always yeah. tell me. 1% every day. Like, did you get 1% better today? Like that could have just, you know, 
you know, you, you put your shoes on a little, little tighter today. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. did you get 1% better today? Because hell in a couple months, you, you might've made some real goals at that point, you know? And it's like, I feel like that's an easier way to approach things, especially in the world we live in that we all want instant gratification of, you know, uh, oh my God, I just lost 20 pounds this week. You know, it's like, yeah. no, you have to, you have to set goals for yourself and, and, and really discipline yourself in some way. Yeah, man, I, I, I completely agree. And I also think you saying this idea, this is something I come back to a lot is, can you pick a road with the end destination road trip? Can you pick a road that you like to drive? Like make it easy. Like what, what is the exercise you're going to do at the gym? Pick one that you actually like to do, even if it's an effort to be disciplined in it, because you might not get to that end destination. You, but you if know. it's a road you like, yes. you'll get in the car and drive it. You know what exactly. I mean? All right, man, I'm gonna let you go. Dude, thank you so much. Congrats man. on the so book. Fun. Congrats on the sons and the son oh. and all the things you've been doing over the past Congrats couple of years. Congrats to while you on everything, crazy. man. I, even, I I still want to talk to you about your book, which I call new, but it's probably six months ago, right? right. Yeah, yeah. It's still new to me. Yeah, it's new. It's new. We got. I'm holding on to it. Dude, yeah. that's amazing, man. Yeah, that is amazing. Too. It's a beautiful book, man. It is so great. Hey, congrats on being such a good teenage dad. I don't know how many people can say that. I mean, my I've had a teenager. For two weeks. Oh. <laughs> now I get it. Now I get already, it. I'm like, I, what, what's the big deal with these teenagers? I nailed it. Come on. I'm an idiot. That's the I love it, the story. Man. I love um, it. Awesome. All right. Well, it's good seeing you, man. And, it was uh, great seeing you. Thanks. Okay, Tad. Man, I love this guy. This guy brings so much energy and he's just, uh, he's the kind of person that I am so happy exists within the industry because there's no pretension. It's all heart. It's all hard work. It's all for the love of the creative thing, you know, showing up, humbly doing his thing, just leveling up over time in the long game. He's in it for the long haul. This guy just embodies so much of what we talk about on Creative Pep Talk. And, you know, go show him some support. He's doing amazing stuff and you're gonna love his book. Sunday-sons.com. Go pick up a copy. It's, it's a great gift for Christmas. If you have anybody in your life that likes illustration, graphic design, it is a... Like I said before, a smorgasbord of sunshine design. It's seriously gorgeous. And you can flip through all a bunch of the art on that site. It's a ridiculous amount. This, he's one of the only people that I know that has the kind of crazy wherewithal that means you can just make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things like I have for this podcast. Go check it out, sunday-suns.com. Thanks, Tad. You're awesome. Love you, buddy. Hope to see you really soon. Hey, if you made it this far, you might like this show. And if you like this show, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a, a week. We come here every week to like fill up your pep cup so that you can give another week to your creative practice. It's that kind of thing, you know, creativity. It's not a thing of like you have it or you don't have it. It's a journey. It's it's a long process. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you need to reach within yourself and stir up the pep and I will help you. I'll be your pep stirrer, like a, you know, kind of an Italian uh, guy stirring up the pizza pep sauce with a huge ladle and, you know, tasting the pep. 
you get a taste of pep every week if you subscribe. Um, don't forget to do that on your favorite podcast app. And if you are a major fan of the show and you have never rated and reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts, it would mean a ton if you did. It's really easy. Go to the podcast page, click rate and review, give it a rating, give it a little review. That, for some reason, more than almost any other thing you can do, helps this show grow. And honestly, I show up every week to this thing because I love the idea that I could drop something in someone's little digital mailbox that week that gives them a little something to keep going, to keep at it, to keep digging. You know, I spent a bunch of time just kind of struggling in the dark, fumbling around trying to find my, you know, creative potential. And there were people out there putting resources out there, talks out there, podcasts out there that really helped me. And the idea that I get to go do that is what keeps me coming back to this microphone. And I'm just desperate for anyone who needs this to know about it. And so I'm always trying to find ways of growing the podcast and getting the word out for those people. So if you would help us do that, one of the best things you could do, you know, you can send... I get a lot of lovely messages. We super appreciate them. Don't, you know, you don't have to stop doing that. But if you want to help out, the best thing you can do is rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. Thanks to Sophie Miller, a.k.a. Sophie Pizza, and Ryan Appleton for content assistance. Ryan is my manager agent as part of my Co-Loop company. This is rough, <laughs> but this is a Co-Loop podcast. Co-Loop is a podcast network for podcasts that fuel your creativity. Thanks to Connor Jones and Pending Beautiful for editing the show so beautifully. And until we speak again... Stay pepped up!